friends to Infertility and Me podcast, a safe space created with the silent sufferer in mind. I Am Podcast is dedicated to infertility advocacy and sharing diverse stories to help you feel validated, seen, and heard. I am your host, Monique Farouk, and I am one in eight two. Healing is best when done together. Hey friend, could you please do me the honor of leaving a five-star rating and review in Apple iTunes? This will increase our show's ranking and reach more friends who may be silently suffering with infertility too. We're stronger together, staying connected, getting plugged in. Welcome back to the show, Infertility and Me podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me, friends, and letting me be a part of your day. If this is your first time here on the podcast, welcome, 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 friend. Pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting by listening. Hope that you guys are doing well. Things are pretty going, going pretty good up here. Just excited for the new year and all that it will have to offer. I hope that you are staying safe. I hope that you and your family are well. I just love you guys and I appreciate you for being here with me on the podcast. As you guys know, for those who listen on a regular basis, I am a work from home mama. And so you may hear Omar in the back from time to time. And so I will try to <laughs> keep it at a minimum, minimum for you guys. But he is a toddler and he does his own thing. And so I just want to give you a fair warning that if you hear any noises in the back, it is Omar Jr. playing while I'm recording. So I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about my girl, Josephine Atlery. She is a meditation specialist and she has been doing so for many years now, over 10 years, if I'm not mistaken. And she has been so generous to us in offering 25% off a one-time use for any workshops or sessions. You can click the link in today's show notes to get a hold of one of her workshops or sessions to get your meditation on, your stress relief on, and your relax and grounding on. And I also wanted to share with you about one of my other favorite products that I'm currently using in preparation for a possible IVF treatment cycle, and that is Natalist. Love Natalist. It is mom-owned, it is Infertility Warrior-owned, and I just love everything about their structure, about their mission, and about all the helpful resources that is on their website. I'm currently taking their prenatal, which also has folate in it, and also the Omega DHA, the COQ10, and their psyllium husk. Amazing, amazing vitamins, carefully created and curated, backed by science, and they have lube that is uh, FDA approved and it's called the lube. I thought that was so befitting and just amazing products. I can't say enough good things about Natalist. And so if you're looking for something that is gentle on the stomach, if you're looking to get all of your vitamins and supplements in one place, I encourage you to try Natalist. You will not 
not ever be disappointed. And there is a link in today's show notes that takes you directly to their website for you to get what you need and get your supplements. Today's episode is our Anonymous Infertility Warrior series. And this woman that is going to be on today, I have been conversing back and forth with for almost a year now on Instagram. And she wished to keep her identity hidden because of her work life and the position that she holds. And so I'm so excited to have her on the pod so that you guys can get to know her a little bit better the way that I have and to also help her feel empowered by sharing her story with you guys too. She's been through a lot, her and her husband, and she suffered loss like many of you have, and disappointment as well as we all are familiar with. And I'm just so excited for you guys to hear her story. And if you guys aren't following the podcast page on Instagram, you are surely missing out. I have so much content on there as well podcast related and just infertility related and I do reels and stuff so you can follow me there if your page is private I'll respect your privacy I won't try to follow you back or anything like that if you would like to be featured and come and record with me on the podcast and be an anonymous infertility warrior or you can go to the website infertilityandmepodcast.com and submit yourself on the get in touch tab if you would like to share publicly And I hope that the anonymous infertility warriors is something that will remain on the show because I feel it's so important for us to share our stories with one another to help encourage and to help lessen the silent suffering. And I believe that it will be empowering for anyone who chooses to come on and do so. And there will be no link back to you for the episode. But thank you, friends, for being here with me and letting me be a part of your day. It's truly an honor and a blessing to serve you guys in this way and on this platform. And please stay tuned to all the many things coming through the Infertility in Me podcast. And also, I've almost forgot, uh, my girl Monica, Aaron, Aaron, and Jordy and I have a, a new page on Instagram for the community, especially if you're like new and you don't know where to start and you want to connect with other people and you just like, oh my God, there's so many people here. You know what I mean? So we have a new page. It's called Stories in Support. And if you go under the hashtag stories in support, you'll see features of warriors in the community that you can connect with and that you can get to know and find community within the community and also resources under the pages that we follow on that page as well. There's communities that with memberships, there's communities uh, for mentorship. And so those are available to you as well. And I'm looking forward to what we can do with that page and better supporting newbies and veterans and connecting the two together and bridging that gap as well. And you can also get information on that page on how you can be featured on the page if you're a newbie, if you're a veteran and you need more connection. So thank you guys. We'll be back in just one minute with our guest. How did you and hubby meet? You guys have been together for a while, huh? We've been together, yeah, for a while. We met actually because we're from Venezuela and we're Jewish and there's only, you know, like the Jewish community is very close and it's not that, it wasn't that big. And uh, we went to the same school and in Venezuela, you go to the school from, you know, pre-K till Mm -hmm. high school, same school. So we were in the same cohort, same everything. We were you know, friends, so to speak, he will tell you the story and he will say like, she was popular. Mm. I was not and all that. So it's a pretty interesting story, but we've known each other our entire life. 
Wow, that's so special that you guys yeah. have known each other for so long. So you guys are like best friends then, huh? Yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah. We, yeah. Re we reconnect years after high school, but yeah. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, I got yeah. you. After you guys got married, was there a timeline? I know because you're highly educated and everything, were you more focused on completing your education before you guys started trying? How did that all transpire? You know, I was actually finishing my bachelor's and I knew I was going to do my master's, but I always had that narrative, especially with my mom. She was like, it doesn't matter if you get pregnant, you can still go to school, you can still, you know, get a job and you can still be functional. Mm -hmm. So I had that narrative in my, in my life. And when I was doing my master's, I was like, okay, I mean, it's time to do it. Like, I don't feel like a pregnancy is going to be in the way of my education and it's never okay. going to be like that, you know? So yeah. So that was basically our first, you know, encounter to that. Okay. Okay. And so how long was it before you started feeling like something was wrong? Was the miscarriage before that or after that? The miscarriage was actually after we did our IVF and then we had the miscarriage with the embryo A and like the best embryo and all that. Mm -hmm. And that's how we, we had the miscarriage. So I always kind of knew that we we're going to encounter problems because we were having sex without protection and I never got pregnant, mm -hmm. you know, but it was for me like, Oh, it's okay. I'll figure it out later. It doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. But then, you know, a year passed and then a year and a half and you were like, okay, that's it. Let's, let's find out what's going on. And that's when we got the, the, the diagnosis, which was uh, male infertility problems. Right, 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 right. And so how did, like, were you floored? Were you shocked? Like, I know that had to be devastating to some degree. It was, it was because, you know, for some reason I thought it was interesting that I was going through a journey like that because I thought IBF and I'm very pro science and very pro, you know, research and all mm -hmm. that. So I was like, okay, it's going to be a fun ride, so to speak. <laughs> like I didn't expect the grief and the loss and, you know, the, the crying I was like, this is science. I believe in science. It's going to happen. But then one cycle went by, the second one, the third one, the fourth one. And I was like, okay, <laughs> definitely it's not something that I'm enjoying. But at the beginning, I was like, it sucks that we're going to have problems. But I, was, I had faith in, in, in science, you know? So, yeah, totally get it, especially after over, when you get over. I think a lot of times we feel like, okay, I know for me it was like, I'm going to give it three tries. And then exactly. after that, I'm going to take a break and we're going to have to figure something out. You know, I think we always go in with a number in our head of how many times we're willing to try, yeah. especially when we're so well researched and we know kind of like the statistics and everything. So I totally get that. And yeah. so what point in those first four IVF cycles did you experience the miscarriage? It was we had the first cycle and um, the first cycle was in Miami and it didn't work. We didn't have any embryos. We didn't have anything. After that, I got into the doctorate program, I think, in L.A. So I got mm -hmm. accepted. We moved to L.A. and we started with a new um, uh, fertility clinic in L.A. Okay. So I did one cycle. We got really good embryos. And I think mm -hmm. it was just one or two. But she was like, you know, since you're paying this... Uh, thing of like you can have five embryos if you have less then it doesn't make sense but you're still paying five so why don't we do another cycle just to add just to have just in case and I was like for me it was like I already we already have two like we don't need any more but I was like you know what just in case so we did another cycle so we have three embryos and then I did the um, transfer 
for two grade A perfect embryos, my endometrium was perfect. Everything was set up for the perfect pregnancy and like for the perfect implantation. And um, it got implanted just one. And then, you know, the HCG went up, then went down. They were like, no, it's not going to happen. Then, yes, you have to be cautiously optimistic. Then you see the heartbeat. Then you don't see the heartbeat. So it was like a roller coaster after two IVF cycles in LA. So it was going to be the third IVF cycle, so to speak, the miscarriage. You know? Yeah, yeah. So since that was like your first pregnancy and everything, well, it was your, not like, but it was your first pregnancy, how far along were you when you started miscarrying? Um, it was, we were able to see the heartbeats when we were six weeks and five days. And then the week after that, it was seven weeks and the baby was six weeks and the heartbeat was not there anymore. And mind you, I had like three hysteroscopies already. Like what bothers me the most was the fact that I did so much. I put my body into so much, you know, to create the perfect oven, <laughs> you know, the perfect environment, everything. And it didn't work. Wow. 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 So did you guys take a break and just kind of like process your emotions and the devastation of the miscarriage? You know, I, I needed to process everything since I'm a therapist and I'm in the doctoral program, you know, I was working in a private practice. I had to uh, quit because I couldn't take care of, you know, other people's problems while I was going through this. So I had to quit everything. I didn't quit school um, because school was kind of like my coping mechanism. Like it was my mental laundry. I needed mm -hmm. that for mm -hmm. to keep going. My husband is a little bit more like, okay, it happened. We're going to do it again. It's going to be better. But for me, it took it took a little bit of time. And what bothered me the most is... You know, when you explain to people who is going through infertility and they have a miscarriage, you can see, you can actually feel validated and normalize your feelings with them. But if you talk to somebody else who didn't go through infertility and they had a miscarriage, I don't want to, you know, put uh, the pain down on anybody. Yeah. But it was like, it, it's, it's a little bit different, you know. And the fact that you cannot see that. It's, it's, it means that you don't see my pain and you don't see mm -hmm. me, you know, so why would I tell my story to somebody who wouldn't understand what I'm going through, even though you had a miscarriage? So you had the pain, you had the loss. But for you, it was like, you know, I had sex with my husband, we got pregnant, and then we lost the baby, which is still a loss. And it's really hard. But mm. for me, in that moment, I was I, I felt very unseen, even mm. with my husband, you know, yeah. which I adore. And we have a great relationship. But at that time, I didn't feel understood by people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm, that's good you know, you know people people yeah. get uncomfortable when you when you with devastation get, and trauma yes, right yeah they get they get mm -hmm. uncomfortable when you show your pain they don't know what to do they don't know what to say which is okay but when you're in this state you need to show the pain you need to be with the pain in order to process right 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 so yeah that's that's pretty deep because i think that Oftentimes we take it as them just not wanting to support us when actually they don't know how to properly do so. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, pain is uncomfortable. I get it. Yeah, I totally agree, dear. And so you continued on for how long with your studies before moving on to another cycle? Um, actually, it took... I'm very resilient. So even though uh, I had the loss... And uh, I was I was still grieving the loss of my father because prior to that, two years before that, I lost my father. 
to cancer. So it was like, and my father had a history of miscarriages with his first um, marriage. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? It's it's the only person who can really understand what I'm going through. It's actually my father and he's not here. So the pain was really emotionally very deep, but I was very functional. So gotcha. I would I would start another cycle right there, maybe six months later, because my doctor, she wanted to, like, everything has to be perfect, like the first time. So I had another hysteroscopy because I had the DNC. And, you know, because of that, I had the Asherman's syndrome and okay. all of that. So another hysteroscopy. Then I did another transfer and it was a failed like nothing happened. It didn't implant. Wow, 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 wow. So how does the Asherman syndrome affect your fertility in any way? It does. I mean, they want to make sure that you have everything clean up inside so they can put the embryo in and and you don't have anything, you know, like spider webs or anything that would mess with the with the with the cycle, I guess. But yeah, I mean, every time I do an IVA cycle or before a transfer, I get a hysteroscopy just to clean the spider webs. It's, it's annoying. Wow. You know, I'm not, I, I know I've heard of the disorder, but I didn't know in depth how it affects uh, the woman's reproductive system. And so I'm so glad you cleared it up for me and for our oh, listeners. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really important. Uh, mine is very, very not severe. It's like very easy, but there are women who struggle with this because they really have spider webs all over the uterus and it's very mm. difficult. They have to get surgery and one time it's not enough. They have to do it two to three times. It's a very, devastating diagnosis too yeah it sounds very similar to endometriosis exactly with the way it attacks the organs in the reproductive exactly area. something like that so oh my gosh after all of that did you take a break after those four first four cycles of unsuccessful um treatments <laughs> now that you're asking now that you're asking that i'm like i never took a break not in academia like i okay. always i always um you that know, was like the driving that. force, right? Exactly. That yeah, was like, like yeah. I was very successful in my academia, but I was like failing in my, you know, in my life of like creating a not creating, um, growing my family because my family yeah. is created already with my exactly. husband and my daughter. But 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 all of that. But I took advantage of the situation and I did um a few abstracts and I applied for conferences and I talked about and I wrote about infertility and how we use language. Mm-hmm, and how mm-hmm. impactful can be to the, you know, to the woman or the couple who's going through infertility, you know. I do have a couple of, I got accepted to a few conferences, but then mm-hmm. the pandemic happened and I couldn't right, do anything. Right, right. So have they resumed still virtually? Yeah, I mean, they didn't do it because it was, it was, uh, I got accepted and the conference was going to be like in March in Hawaii, okay. then in Vancouver, I don't know when, and it wow. was like in the middle of the pandemic. So they didn't know how to do it, right, but it's right. still published. Like I still can put it in my curriculum that I did that, you know? Wonderful. Wonderful. You have to send me that link when, when, yes, you, when definitely. you finish recording. I love to read things like that, especially when it's written by someone like yourself that, you know, I kind of know off of social media, like, you know, um, but we're not best friends, but we're acquaintances. And so that, yes. I think that'll be really interesting. <laughs> and then, especially since you're speaking about fertility and the struggles of it, that's, um, yeah, that's amazing. I would love to read that and pass it along yeah. to anyone if you don't mind. And I'll, I'll send it your way for sure. So, where are you guys now? Like, what's going on now? Well, we finally decided to not take a break from academia because everything I could do it online. <laughs> but we took a break from our lives and we moved to uh, New York City for the time being. And we decided to change um, doctors, change clinics, change, you know, labs, change everything. 
because we were in love with our doctor in LA. We had a great experience. It was amazing. But maybe she was missing something because she didn't give me the final product, which was the healthy baby, right? So there maybe she's she's missing something. So why don't we take the opportunity? And uh, we had we're very blessed to have this opportunity. And we went to New York City to this clinic and we did another IVF cycle there. And it was the perfect dreamed IVF cycle. Even the doctor was like, this is, <laughs> you know, this is amazing. We got nine embryos that we have frozen there. We transferred one and it worked. So I'm currently 19 weeks pregnant. <laughs> OMG, that's like the biggest freaking secret of 2020. <laughs> Holy crap. I don't know how you have kept that so long to yourself. And those were incredible numbers that you guys got from your last cycle. So, oh my gosh. I know. I 19 know. is the magic number, huh? 19. It is. It Beautiful. Is. Congratulations. Oh my Thank gosh. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's well, you guys really heard it here first. <laughs> exactly. We got ourselves a new pregnant friend in the community. I'm so happy for you. Oh my gosh. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Wonderful. And so, when will you be done with your doctorate program, with your thesis and all? Oh my God. I don't know. Because I, I still have a doc exam, which is you have to record yourself doing therapy for 10 sessions and you right. have to defend that. And then I have to do the dissertation, which I haven't started yet. And I'm probably going to do it about infertility. So, I, I would say. Two more years, a year and a half or something. But right now I'm teaching. So I'm, I'm a professor and I really, I'm enjoying that too. Um, you know, it's just, I love teaching for some reason. <laughs> well, you know, when you know, you know. When something exactly. gives you passion and gives you drive. Exactly. You got to run with it. That's a, that's incredible. I'm so happy for you guys. And um, I know that you'll finish your program stronger than ever. And yes, amen. You, you definitely are publishing your dissertation and then the other works that you've published um, in relation to fertility and infertility is going to have a huge impact in how people see it. So I'm so yeah. glad somebody with your uh, the d degree level is talking about this thing on that and, and, and publishing works um, dedicated to the fertility community. And um, yeah, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. If you had anything you could say to infertility, if you were standing face to face, what would that be? Uh, First of all, that's a great question that we use that in therapy a lot. Um, I would say, first of all, you're expensive AF. I don't know if I can use profanity, but <laughs> you're, totally, very, totally. you're very expensive and, and that's, that's fucked up, you know, cause, um, I feel like, yes. <laughs> yeah, cause you know, the medicine in this country is really interesting, but anyway, but I would say, I would say like, listen, I don't need five cycles to understand what you're trying to make here so you know why don't we help other women to get their healthy baby faster you know i've i don't need five cycles to understand that yeah 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 absolutely and i'm here for it all the way everything you said and thank you friends for tuning into the infertility of me podcast peace and blessings If you enjoyed today's episode, friend, 
Take a screenshot and let me know on Instagram and tag Infertility and Me Podcast. You can also reach me at infertilityandmepodcast.com with your questions, comments, and feedback. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support, the new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL.